In today's episode, we shift our conversation around the deficit model to how we look at people and how we have to stop looking at people through that deficit model. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to season six of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, founder and CEO of Students Matter. In season six, I am once again delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, two of my favorite humans, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We are focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, I explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, when we began the roundtable and Kathy and Penny joined me, we continued exploring ADL, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In our last season, season five, we explored this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. And now we've arrived at season six, we're going to use our thinking as accomplishment-driven leaders to tear apart one of the most damaging aspects of the status quo, looking at everything, doing everything through a deficit lens. In fact, it's so destructive, I think it's driving people in droves to go find a new line of work. Together, let's tear it apart, learn to think through the great work we must all do, but shift it away from deficit thinking. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Join us and take a listen. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each educator that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Good morning. Welcome to the wheelhouse and a happy, happy, happy 2024 to my dear friends, Kathy Moni and Penny Brockway. Good morning and happy new year. Good morning. Happy new year. It feels yeah. like forever since we've been together. It, it really does. has been. Yes. <laughs> it it's like, been a minute. It's been a whole, like, we haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but literally, we haven't seen each other for a while. Yeah. That turn of the year always throws schedules into chaos, doesn't it? Absolutely. It sure so it is. It is a dark. It is a dark morning. Um, as most of the country is waking up, there's a little bit of snow. You know, unless you live in places like the California <laughs> desert. Uh, uh, so it's dark as heck this morning. And it's our first conversation of 2024 in the wheelhouse. So that's kind of exciting. It's good to be here and to uh, be with thought partners in this hard work for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, it's always, there's something grounding about 
this particular Zoom screen when I see when I see three faces talking to each other and and smiling and and all of that. So yes, welcome back to the wheelhouse. Uh, for those of you who are listening, I hope you know if you're listening in real time, I hope your 2024 is off to a good start. And if you're listening to this down the road later when you're just listening to things that are in podcasts, well, you know we are we are beginning 2024. We hope it's all good. So whenever you look at it or listen to it, you know we we hope that you're having a great year, whatever whatever year that is. And you've met all your New Year's resolutions. Everything's yes. fantastic. Bravo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, wow, everybody is in a great space, whatever it is that you listen to this episode of The Wheelhouse. You know, we've been, we this season, we've been talking about, you know, trying to get away from this deficit lens, looking at, looking, you know, at, at things from a deficit lens. And we've talked about you know, continuous improvement plans. And we've talked about evaluation systems. And, you know, I really feel like that was that was a great episode, but oh my gosh, that is so toxic and deficit oriented. We could have spent um, 97 episodes and 24 seasons on the deficit model associated with, with evaluation. So we're, we're kind of sort of gonna, you know, it'll still probably come up, but, you know, in this episode, you know, I want to talk about people i mean education is a people industry and we tend for whatever reason to look at people as well from a deficit lens which i think is really sad given that we're an education industry um and so you know this week i want to focus on you know moving away from looking at people adults we're going to stay with the adult lens in this episode around this deficit lens. And then next time for our next episode, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about moving away from the deficit lens when we think about students, which I think is even more horrific, uh, but something that happens every single day. So today, you know, let's stop looking at our colleagues, right? Up and down the hierarchy from a deficit lens. Why do we do that? And what? how does an accomplishment-driven leader look differently at the people with whom they work? Yeah, I just immediately was thinking about uh, training that I've been involved in uh, lately and looking at that administrative teacher relationship and and what that looks like. And right from the beginning and threaded throughout the entire um, professional learning module was the word trust, which I think is um, overused personally. <laughs> I think that we we go there immediately when we think about that deficit lens. It's, you know, do we have this foundation of trust in that, that there's this um, need or responsibility, I think is a better word, that it belongs to one side rather than the other, you know, that the administrators are responsible for building this trust. And what does that really mean? And um, so it, it insinuates that that is not there, right? So when we think about deficit lens, that we're going to immediately come in and think, with these adult relationships, administrators, teachers, our responsibility is to 
to ensure that our adults are growing and how do we support each and every one of them when we think about that accomplishment driven leader it's about each and every adult the same as about each student but it's this assumption that it doesn't exist and in order for us to truly do the work that needs to to happen we've got to spend all of this time building this trust again assuming that it doesn't that deficit lens Professional relationships are just another type of relationship. And we know that relationships are two-way. They're two-way, right? You can't build anything, whether it's the T word or any other thing, in a one-sided approach, right? So I, if, if Kathy doesn't want to engage in this relationship with Grant, I can't build anything. No matter what I do, right, no matter what I say, no matter how I think, I can't build anything, whether it's trust or anything else, right, if Kathy doesn't want to engage in building that relationship. Yeah, and I think that we don't talk about that. Mm-mm. We don't We don't say that this is about um, a, relation, a professional relationship and what does that really mean in understanding that we are kind of programmed to think that is it it's one person's responsibility so you happen to be sitting in a in a leadership position you have a title that's different from mine and then and again that to me is completely a deficit model that it's we're going to assume it doesn't exist we're going to put it on a person and then in order for uh educators to grow to continue to to flourish, it's it's on it's one sided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so much. You know, I keep thinking about lack of understanding. Right? Mm-hmm. It takes two to build a relationship. Takes two to engage professionally in a relationship, um, and a lack of understanding. I remember it. My very first principalship. Um, I'd been out of the classroom for a while already. But then my very first principalship and thinking to myself, I don't want to lose track of what it's like to be in a classroom, right? And it was at a different level than the K-12 system than what I taught. As a principal, I was sitting in a, a new space from where I had been a classroom teacher. And I just remember thinking, I've got to understand what this classroom is like. But you know, when I think about some of the best professional relationships, the teachers of that building were also very concerned about helping me understand and for themselves, understanding what I was going through as a first-time administrator. So, you know, when you're a newbie, you get that grace, that honeymoon period, right? But when I think back to that, I think they sought to understand my role as deeply as I was seeking to understand theirs because I hadn't taught at that level before in the system. And so when you think about that, that that for me got lost over time because of me and because of others that I worked with. But that was a lot of grace given to me um, and me giving to them as we started this adventure for me as a as a baby and a new timer. Um, as we started that, we gave each other so much grace in learning and in, in trying to understand. Wow. When I think about my journey since, I'm like, whoa, where'd that go? Okay. Like how... How does how does that reflect on what we would hope for? Because that was not a deficit model, at least 
for the beginning, at least for the honeymoon period of that five <laughs> years of time. Um, yeah, it waned. I get that both in me and my perspective and in my teaching staff and theirs. So um, I think this, um, I think when we think about it from a new perspective, a brand new teacher coming in for me as an administrator was an opportunity without question to grow, grow, grow. They have had, they haven't had experiences, right? They haven't. So it was really easy for me not to have a deficit model when it was brand new teacher walking in the door. I think, you know, I've, I've been, I coach a lot of, um, coach a lot of superintendents and principals all over the country, but um, I'm thinking of three or four of the principals that I'm coaching now that are new principals, right? They were teachers last year uh, or even teachers two months ago. <laughs> and they are, they are principals now and they have had, um, I mean, really, really good seasoned educators been in the classroom for, you know, enough time to really understand. And yet as they, deal with the day-to-day -day realities of what they what comes through their office right right you know um they're shocked i mean they're they're absolutely shocked at some of the things that they have had to deal with you know some see uh some you know some um protective services you know cps things and you know just things that you know has just like Oh my gosh, I had no, you know, I mean, all of them have said, I had no idea in my, I mean, in my classroom, I had no idea that somebody had, somebody was dealing with this kind of thing, you know, more, more than once, right? And this one principal had, you know, kind of, you know, the day had kind of been waylaid because, something had come up that was like really, really horrific. And, you know, you then, you know, you know, ladies, you spend the rest of your day with law enforcement, legal, right? So all of those things that that, that, that principal had intended to happen on that day just doesn't happen, right? Just doesn't happen. And, you know, the comment that, that she made afterwards was, you know, you know, if I were, you know, if I, if I had been a teacher, and that stuff was canceled, you know, those meetings were canceled or whatever was canceled because whatever, I'd have been really mad. And I had no idea, had no idea that it wasn't somebody being difficult. It was, you know, it was virtually out of, out of control. So I think we, some of what, some of what happens absolutely happens because we don't understand what it is that people have to do. I think teachers who've never been administrators, which are most teachers, right? You know, they don't have a, they don't have a, they don't understand what it, what it is like when you are responsible now for more than one classroom and more than one set of, 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 of students, but you're now responsible for everything, right? Everything that happens in a building. Kathy, you look like you want to say something. Yeah. Well, I think that that I mean, it, that's such a huge reality. And when you've not walked in those other shoes, and again, going back to that assumption that um, that trust factor, that relationship piece, then we we look at this this person in a more critical way. Um, and I think we do that even as you know, teachers to teachers, and we do you know at any level of a district within an organization, there's this 
way of looking at people and um and looking for what they what we assume they don't know and understand mm-hmm. um based on my experience based on you know my current lens or previous lenses um you know it's it's not allowing for us to look at humans in a way that allows for those strengths to shine and then those areas of um of need to be growth opportunities mm-hmm. you know it just is a different way of how we frame how we look at humans that makes me think about conversations with principals as we as we navigate together right and always around this evaluation piece cuz no matter where you are in our country it it's a piece of the puzzle and evaluation can cause a very deficit model as we've already spoken about but when i think about sometimes saying to a principal so what's their strength and how can they just take one more step out of mm-hmm. that right like the idea here is to grow because you're not just going to turn a corner and and have these perfect people who meet perfect rubrics, right? Well, think about that. We have been programmed not to do it. We've been mandated to focus on the other, right? We've this is this is what this is how we identify, sadly, good instructional leadership, which is why we believe in accomplishment-driven leadership. Right, because we teach principles, we mandate principles and other leaders that they have to look at everything from these deficit lenses. Right, look for the things that they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, it's I, exhausting. I, it's exhausting. It's, right, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. And I think our teachers forget. Our teachers forget that this is what they've been mandated to do. They take it personally. They get really mad, right? And then we there's this level of misunderstanding, right, in, in in what happens because then we as teachers just believe that's just who they are, right? Oh, you know, they're just a nitpicker. They're just a we you know you can I, I remember all the conversations in the in various locations in the building, right? Um, but yet, you know, this is how we teach principles to do their job. I remember, again, just this year, coaching one of these new principals, and she'd been on the job eh, three weeks, maybe, right? I mean, she barely got in a building open, barely knew where the bathroom was, didn't, you know, was still learning people's names and what grade level they were teaching. And she was, you know, brought in to, to learn how to do, you know, I, I, I have to excuse me, I've got to start observations, right? And I cringed. I cringed because I thought, oh, I know where this is going, right? Mm -hmm. I know what state you live in. I know what state you work in. I know what the policies are. I know what the laws are. They're going to teach you. They're going to teach you to go in with a rubric and just look at, you know, yes, you do that. No, you don't. And, And sure enough, because it was the, it's the legal mandate, right? They didn't have a choice, you know, that's how she approaches, that's how she's been taught to approach observation. And I just just cringed, cringed, cringed because I thought, oh, you're trying to build this amazing environment. You're an unknown. You know, you weren't in the district before. You They don't know you at all. And now three weeks in, you're going to start that. 
you know, here we, I mean, the cycle continues, right? The cycle mm -hmm. continues because we, you know, we, you know, so we just perpetuate, you know, she didn't do it on purpose. Oh. She didn't do it on purpose. And that's, that's what that relationship is then based on, you know, three weeks in, in a new district, <laughs> there hasn't even been time to get to know each other, right? And build a professional collegial relationship. And, and we're already, um, Casting judgment. Judgment. Mm -hmm. And it goes both ways. You know, I had a conversation recently with a, a kind of a new uh, principal in a seat, been in there a year, but a new principal. And like, yeah, like these people were my friends. And guess what? Now I can't even, you know. Often it said you've gone to the dark side. Right. Right. So it's a built it, it's a built-in mental model um mm -hmm. in both directions. And we that has to stop. It. Yeah. Yep. It has to it. stop, right? Because we're not going to improve, we're not going to improve conditions for anyone until we stop that. We have different levels of responsibility. Let's head in the same direction, right? Yeah. Let's head in the same direction. Collectively, yeah. right? It's a collective responsibility to ensure yeah. that this isn't a back to the how we started this conversation. Yeah. It's not one sided. It's not one person's responsibility. It's that collective efficacy. How are we doing this together? In in understanding that we do have different responsibilities, yeah. but we but we have hopefully we have mm -hmm. the same goals. Yeah, you know that destination is yeah. defined, and we're heading in the same direction, and we're going to support each other in getting there. Yep. I think that piece. I think that's it, Kathy. Right? The how, the how is collectively, and so as a leader, because that's the time where I've spent most of my time. How are you transparently sharing the thinking behind the decisions you make? So I think about uh, another district I'm working with, right, with a, a brand new a brand new principal, um, and because of the work that we're doing, every single, every single teacher, every single adult in the building will will have a coach, right? And we'll have a coaching plan, um, not an improvement plan. It has nothing to do with evaluation. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with where where it is that building where where we're trying to take that building, and you know, recognizing that. You know, we, we all we all need we all need someone sitting on our shoulder, right? As a coach, and um, I said, okay, so you know, we were formulating some thoughts, and I said, okay, so before you, we can't, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna share any coaching plans with anyone, right? Until uh, even the idea, right? Just even the idea of having a coaching plan, we weren't even gonna. We I said we can't share that idea until you introduce the topic. You've got to introduce the fact that we're going to have them, right? Why we're going to have them, right? And you know why they're important. And 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 it, the the first the first part of that message was that he had a coaching plan. So you know it was all about hey, you know what? I have I have a coaching plan. I have a coach. I meet with that coach. You know. X many X many times a week and so many uh, so many hours during a month and you know I'm not going to be successful in doing what I need to do unless I have someone who's helping me do that right and it's like it's the same we all you know we 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 want to take this building somewhere that it's not and the only way we get there is 
by helping each other, right? And and by and by growing. And I think again, that's really really important. And if we tie that to what accomplishment driven leaders do, right? Remember, they have this strategic vision of where they want to take a pl- a building or a district, right? Or a classroom, whatever. And everything they do is tied to that, right? And captainship is about bringing people along and developing discretionary effort, right? That that, that there's that collectivity that we've been talking about. You don't you don't build discretionary effort in a rubric. Then there's you know guidance, right? Helping somebody grow and learn and 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 do things differently. I'm going to argue. Sorry to all of you who've written rubrics. I, you know, a rubric isn't going to help you do that. I mean, I think there are some unique I- instances where people are skilled enough to take a rubric and use it completely differently, and you know, whatever. But even the people that write those rubrics teach us how to use a checklist and how to how to do that work. So philosophically. You know, those people and I have different opinions about what guidance means. <laughs> it's always that um, how do how do we think through what you just said in a way that doesn't um, call out spe- specifics? If that makes absolutely, yeah, sense, totally. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, because there there are those pieces, and um, you know, going back to our previous conversation. Um, I believe in last episode around, you know, just the evaluation process, all of that, it's that accomplishment driven leader that learns how to, um, to bring that in those compliance pieces, right? Because to me, that that's, that's, you have to deal with them. There's the law, right? You have to. Yeah. And, you know, there are some authors that would argue that like you, you, you do that work, right? But that's like, Get a if you're looking at grading yourself, be okay with getting a C in that area <laughs> because that's coming, you know, for compliance. You know, it's okay, but I'm I'm gonna get an A in this area around uh, allowing people to grow because I think that there are um, the premise of some of those tools um, can be used in a really powerful way. Absolutely, if you break against how we're taught to use them or if we only uh use them for those compliance pieces because here's here's what the state says I have to do and therefore this is what my district says I have to do and I too don't philosophically believe in that so it's a matter of doing the right work and bringing in the compliance pieces when you have to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and I I think that that's how you bust against a breakaway from that deficit model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I agree with Grant. It's possible, right? And you're saying the same, Kathy, it's possible, but it only happens in very rare instances. And I think it it takes an accomplishment-driven leader to understand it at the level of how can I use this one tool and make it one small piece of the whole bigger package that I utilize to be able to support and help people grow compared to a hammer um, and the only hammer in the small piece of, I like the way you frame that. It's a small piece of versus it's everything. Right. The only, you don't even Mm. need a box. You just need one tool. Right. And that's what we're trained to make it as compared to 
here's one small piece. This one happens to be compliance-based and the others are not. The others are very growth-oriented. How can I pull the small pieces out of that one rubric and utilize them so that I am compliant because that matters and, right, and it um, fits a model of growth along with all these other wealth of tools that um, I've chosen to seek out. And I think, again, being transparent about that with your with your team is vitally important, whether you're the superintendent and talking about your administrators or whether you're an administrator talking about your teachers, how vitally important that this is just one small piece to understanding. We have to remember that accomplishment-driven leaders, you know, you know, I'm sorry, folks who are listening, but not everybody is one. Uh, either I, I think... <laughs> Uh, they are rare. Um, we obviously we're here to help you become one, right? Um, but they they are rare. Um, and one of the things that you know I think is you know kind of important to say here is that accomplishment driven leaders ad nauseum talk about all the time where they're trying to take the district or the building. Right. It's you can't you can't build discretionary effort if people are unsure where it is that the ship is headed. Right. So they talk about that all the time. Right. The end, the end game. They talk about the end game all the time. And they're also smart enough to talk about how we're going to get there all the time. Right. And so when we have to talk about some of the other pieces that, you know, that we have to do, some of those are mandated, then we talk about how they fit in or how they don't fit in to where it is that we're trying to go. And so I think that one of the missing pieces is a lot of leaders whether you call yourself an instructional leader, you call yourself a manager, I don't care what you call yourself, right? But we don't talk about, we don't ad nauseum at every opportunity that we get. We're not talking about this strategic vision and how we get there and what our roles are and how we get there and what we, you know, what we all, how we all you know, need to grow and, and learn certain things, right? Take all the great things that we already know and, and get there. So that's a rare piece and a very difficult part of the work that an accomplishment-driven leader does is to wrap is to wrap poise and realization into this mix and say, hey, you know what? You know, I may not be here as long as you're going to be here, right? So, you know, principles, principles come and go, leaders come and go, a lot of people stay. But while I'm here, here's where we're headed. Here's how we're going to get there. Here's how I'm going to help you get there. Here are lots of, of tools that are available. And some of our tools are not as helpful to us as others. I think it's even bigger than, than transparency because this conversation happens in the hallway, happens in the office, happens at the water cooler, happens at the staff meeting, happens at the parent meeting, happens in the one-on-ones, happens in, you know, right? This is that, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm going to see Grant Chandler, I know he's going to talk. He's going to somehow, <laughs> he's going to weave in the football game from last Friday night. And he's going to be, you know, we're going to connect that somehow. 
you know, I just know he's going to do that, right? He's going to end up talking about where the ship is headed. I know he's going to, because that's, you know, he talks about that all the time, right? And what my role is. And so that, that's because you can't not, right? It's who you are. And your transparency about who you are is about what you believe and where you're taking a building, a district, an organization. Um, and it's so a part of you, you can't separate it from each conversation. And I think yeah. that's in the end what builds trust, right? And that's an accomplishment what people learn to trust. Absolutely. But an accomplishment-driven leader use, utilizes those five arenas in everything that they do. Very strategically. I Very strategically. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Constantly blending captainship, poise, guidance, contemplation, and realization in yes. how you approach everything. But yep. you believe it at the core of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the differences between, you know, I mean, there are a lot of leaders. There are a lot of leaders who at their core want to do something profoundly different for students and teachers and other adults, right? I, I meet a lot of them. They At their core, they want something else. They just don't know how to get there, and they often don't have the skills to lead it, right? And we're not taught. We're not mm -hmm. taught those skills if we focus solely on this definition that seems to be out there on what an instructional leader is, right? Which often gets tied to deficit models and these processes that alone, all by themselves, aren't going to get us where we need to go. We say this all the time, but one of the best things about these conversations is it does get us thinking, you know, as leaders in in the seats that we're currently in, in ones that we've held previously, you know, we think about different people, different opportunities, and that's what we take away from these conversations is, you know, how do we continue to grow? How do we continue to to lead in really profound ways, regardless of what, you know, seat we're currently in. But it's real important for an accomplishment-driven leader to recognize that you get where you're going by growing and working with the people you currently have. Correct. You don't, accomplishment-driven leaders don't just go, oh my gosh, I need a new staff. Well, okay, that may, I mean, in some instances, that's okay, maybe, but you're not going to get them. <laughs> they don't exist, right? They don't exist. We're in the middle of a shortage, number one. And even if we weren't in a shortage, that's not how this game plays, right? Mm -hmm. We don't just come in and go, oh, I need a whole new set of people, right? Never does that happen. Never does that happen. So if I think of Kathy, my dear friend, Kathy, if I think of Kathy as an idiot, who's unable to do her work, right? Then I'm going nowhere. Exactly. I'm going nowhere, right? I'm going nowhere. It doesn't help me to say, gee, I wish you were more like Penny, hmm. right? It doesn't work. Oh, I say that. I know. <laughs> right? But what I have I to say, I say, how dare you think that way of Kathy? That's right. <laughs> I have to go, wait a minute. I don't get where we're going. I'm not going right. to get where we're going until without Kathy, right? I don't, regardless, right? She's part of the mix. She's part of the puzzle. She's part of the puzzle. So if I think she lacks something, it's my job to help. Yep. I got to stop looking at Kathy from this lens 
right? Because that's not going to be helpful. I'm not going to walk into her classroom and go, oh, by the way, I think you're an idiot, right? I mean, that's not going to work. That doesn't do anything. I, I can use the rubric and put, you know, I, I make her minimally ineffective. Big deal. All I've done now is make her make me public enemy number one in Kathy's eyes. I'm going to be the biggest idiot that's ever walked, and she's going to be counting the days until I move on. And instead, I've got to go, hey, I got to find, find ways of getting Kathy excited about where we're going, right? I got to find ways to empower her. Okay, maybe she has a skill deficit. Who knows? Maybe she has, maybe she's struggling with something. I got to stop looking at that from a deficit lens and think about how I invite her to be a vital part of where we're going because newsflash people, I'm not getting where, where we're going to go without her. And I think that's huge. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that. They don't recognize that even the people that you struggle with for whatever reason, you're not getting where you're going to go unless you bring them with you. I think you nailed it, Grant. That's it. Mic drop. Mic drop. Um, Right. And that's why accomplishment driven leadership is so rare, right? Because we have not focused and developed these kinds of skills in our leaders to say, and you know what? Kathy's issues may have nothing to do with classroom instruction. It could be about something totally different. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they are. Right. She's brilliant, by the way, in real life. Right. She's brilliant. But, but still have lots of areas to grow. So yeah, yeah. One of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a difference between I have to work with this teacher versus I get to that one yes, word. That's change, beautiful. Right. Yes. I, I get to. I yes. get to work alongside this this person to help them grow. And in turn, they help me grow. Yeah. So what an what an opportunity versus a a have to. And if the strategic vision is that important, if it's that important to your core, then you're willing, you must be willing to look at things very differently because your first reaction, you know, in your heart of hearts, in your brain, right, may be to go, right? That's not going to get you anywhere. Thank you. Thank you. This is encouraging. This is energizing. And I hope everyone who listens, no matter what time of year it is, no, I hope everyone finds it that way. And that there's support out there for what you dream can happen. There's support. In our next week's episode, we're going to take this a one step further because you know what? A lot of the policies, a lot of the processes and procedures also kind of teach us, not kind of, but really do teach us to look at children disgustingly from a deficit lens as well. And we're going to stop that madness in our next episode. So we'll see you next time in the wheelhouse. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 6 drop every Tuesday beginning November 14th and running through the end of January 2024. Throughout the holidays, we'll take a break here and there. After all, we got to go help Santa. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd just like to see us address, 
drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, https colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. We got this.